0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org.
1: Good morning. How's everybody doing? It's good to have you all here. What an amazing Sunday we're having. I know it is so easy to get locked in on distraction, but when God moves, everything else just seems to fade away. When God is in the room, does anything else even matter? I mean, I just, I can't wait to see how God continues to stir in this uh, in this Sunday morning service. We have a special service planned because we are honoring our students who are promoting from one department to another, as well as our high school and college graduates. And so, this is a tradition we do every year. And in this honoring, uh, we're also going to take some time to pray over them. Because as we sang today, we are, there is a battle in the heavenlies that is happening, and we have a generation of young people. Standing Stepping into a world that need a praying church. So that's what we're going to take some time to do today. Amen. All right, well in just a moment here I'm going to have the kids join me on stage. What we're going to be doing today is promoting our children who are moving from one department to another. So the first department, which is our birth through kindergarten, is called our starting blocks. With an amazing team, uh, they get class every single week, but then at kindergarten they promote into what we call followers club. Followers club is first through third grade, and then the next grade is going to be one way, fourth through sixth. So we're going to, today we're going to honor our kindergarten our third graders, and then our graduating sixth graders who will be joining us in youth ministry this week. So why don't they make… they can make their way onto the stage. Can we give them a round of applause? As they make their way on stage, I just want to give a special shout out to Megan Amicucci, our children's ministry director. She's been in the role about a year now, and she is absolutely amazing. We have seen exponential church growth in our church in kids' ministry. So it is just an awesome thing to see kids coming to know the Lord in this ministry. So Megan, her incredibly faithful team of uh, volunteer directors and volunteers, it is a ministry that without it, I don't know… It is, it's just so special to our church. We have been a next-gen church as long as we've been around. And so, to see them graduating today and with this awesome team, uh, why don't we just pray for them as they take this next step? So uh, why don't we have Pastor Tony, Pastor Treese? why don't you guys come on up? And then church family, online, in person, in just a moment, would you mind extending your arms towards them as we pray over the children?
0: Father, we thank you for these beautiful children. Lord, we thank you that we've been blessed to have them part of CCC. We count it an honor and a privilege to have been able to minister to them and to continue this ministry to them. We pray over them, Lord, as they are promoted into the next classes, Lord. We ask that you continue to keep your hand on them, keep your protection over them. Let them continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord, all of the days of their lives. Protect them by your holy name, we pray over Uh, uh, Megan Amakuchi Lord, we pray over all of her workers and her leaders in this ministry, and we just thank you for the blessings of the Lord that make these children rich and add no sorrow to them. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: These kids are so special. You guys can go ahead and uh, make your way off the stage following the leaders. Thank you so much. I love being able to see these kids because these kids are truly — they're going into a world that uh, for some of — it's been a little bit since I was in kindergarten, or third grade, sixth grade. But the world's a little different from when I was there, and I'm sure maybe a little different from when you were there as well. And so getting the, God's Word deep into their heart, getting the Spirit of God deep into their heart is the most important thing. And then being able to do things like that, I would love those knees. <laughs> Anybody else? Wish that their knees could do that? Just me? Okay. I love it. Well, this morning I have a very, uh, a message I've been ruminating on for a long time. And whenever I prepare a graduation Sunday message, uh, I tend to go the direction that feels a little bit like a commencement speech, but not just for our graduates, but for the church. Almost like a call to arms, a a challenge that we can walk away with and say, all right, I can do this. And so today, I pray that as we open up God's word and we look at uh, examples in scripture, that I pray that your heart would be challenged, whether you find yourself today in a— in a compromise or in a kind of riding the fence on your faith, or maybe you're just what the Bible will call lukewarm. I would pray that today, after this message, you would feel this compelling by the Holy Spirit to take that step into full radical obedience with the Lord as we uh, then commission our young people to do the same into the spheres that they're going into. The name of my message today is called Shining in Babylon shining in Babylon. And I want to specifically look at Daniel's chapter 1, 2, and 3, and look at the example of these four men who stood for God in a midst of a culture that was oppressive beyond anything the world has ever seen. Now, when I talk about standing out, I'm sure many in this room immediately start to shiver because the idea of standing out is one of the most terrifying things you could ever experience. Is anybody like that? Like, if I get noticed, you want to like immediately melt. Is anybody else in the room like that? Okay. I tend to feel that way, but there are times I get like weird boldness that I'm like, no, I don't care. I'll stand out. I had a moment uh, a few years back where this happened and it was, um, it marked me. I'm not going to lie. It marked me. So, uh, several years back, I was at a wild game dinner up in Sandusky, Michigan. Not Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, Michigan. You might be thinking, where is that? Exactly. (laughs) Middle of nowhere. There was this epic wild game dinner, and I was there with my uh, father-in-law and a couple of my brother-in-laws. And painting this picture for you, look at me. Now imagine like three Bear Grylls looking guys, or just like Vikings. They're hairy, they're big, they're outdoorsmen, they are men's men. And then there's me with cuffed pants with my ankles showing. So I don't quite fit in to begin with. I have no facial hair, no chest hair, like I'm just a child in comparison. But we go to this uh, men's event, and there's this wild game dinner that is so epic that you're literally picking shotgun shells out of your teeth as you're eating it. So, you can imagine that when I walk in, I feel a little out of my element. Well, upon entering, you can get these raffle tickets, and then you can put them into buckets to win prizes. And they had prizes as if Cabela's had like sponsored the event. There was incredible prizes, but I think they threw one in just for like the wives, and it was. A basket that had lotion, candles, and a gift card for a one-hour massage. Well, me, I'm not particularly interested in crossbows or um, a year's worth of meat or anything like that, so I took my ticket and I put it in the basket for the massage, expecting that there's hundreds of people here. I would never win. I never win anything. So, then we go throughout the uh, the dinner— And we get to the very end and they decide, instead of just pulling names and announcing it kind of off to the side, they're going to do it in front of everyone. (laughs) You can see where this is going. (laughs) So we get to the very end and they give away crossbows, ammunition, gun range time. They give away, I mean, I don't know, like autographed Arnold Schwarzenegger memorabilia. I mean, it is (laughs) man's man type stuff. And the very last one, the MC comes up to the stage and he says, and this one's for the wives. <laughs> Shuffles his hand in there, pulls out a ticket with our names written on it. And he said it just like this. I'm not exaggerating. He He goes, Tyler Green? As if there was a question mark at the end of my name. He says it and I stand up and I marched myself right up to the front. I take that pink basket full of lotion, candles, and a one-hour massage, and I walk back as confident as anybody else in the room. I didn't care. That was me in my own weird little way, standing out in a culture that wasn't really my, my flow. But hey, listen. If you can rock it, go for it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now that is a very inconsequential version of standing out compared to what I'm going to be teaching on. But it's kind of in jest a way that often we can find ourselves, whether it's at work, at school, in the marketplace, wherever you may find yourself, we might stand out like a sore thumb comparatively to the masses around us. You might not be picking up a pink basket at a men's uh, wild game dinner, but you might find yourself in uh, situations, conversations, or uh, just awkward, worldly experiences, and you're trying to figure out how to be a Christian, a light, in that situation. And that's what I want to talk about today. So, before we go too far, if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 1. And so for the sake of time, because uh, we are going to be doing our honor of the grad service, I'm going to kind of give some highlights as we move through this. But I want to pull some specific things out of this experience. Daniel chapter 1. Just giving you a little context, this is an account of Daniel who was from the royal line of David who is now going into captivity in the nation of Babylon. Babylon was another world superpower. It was comparative to Egypt at the time. And they came in and they uh, took over, they ransacked Jerusalem. And not just like defeated it, it says that they decimated it entirely. They took everything out of the temple, and anything that was consecrated for God in the temple was taken and put into the king's palace. I mean, this king of Babylon had no fear, no respect for Israel and their God. He came in and utterly destroyed them and put everybody into slavery. This is the world that we're walking into at the moment. And so, in this uh, captivity, in this taking, Daniel and his three friends are then set aside. They're young. They're, the Bible says that are, uh, scholars believe that they were right about 16 years old. They're young. They're taken into the palace, and they are given a special job where they're going to essentially wait on the king. And in that, there was um, some very brutal uh, realities of what happened when you got that job. If you were a slave in the king's palace, they would often, um, they would castrate you to ensure that you wouldn't multiply with the Babylonians. They would uh, harm you. They would bring you into such harsh captivity to ensure that you knew who was boss. And so, I want to paint this picture because I'm sure if we put ourselves in the shoes of Daniel— Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the Israelites at that time, we'd be a little frustrated. Would anybody be a little upset if you were taken out of your home and you were abused and beaten and hurt and then now forced to serve the king who gave the order? What a slap in the face to the people of God. But what's so interesting was how Daniel responded. I would imagine if any of us, if we're being honest, we kind of would find ourselves in two camps. And actually, a lot of Israel found themselves in these two camps. One would be rebel, riot, fight, take up arms, and try and fight back. While we know this is a world superpower, and Israel has had everything stripped away, any thought of revolution was quickly put out by the uh, opposing force that is Babylon. The other half of the people in Israel basically decided— Uh, This is life now Let's just marry into those families Let's take their gods And let's just kind of not make waves Let's just kind of drift into this society And not really get noticed That's what a lot of Israel decided to do Between these two camps I believe the book of Daniel In this particular instance Though it is not a direct comparison It is a type and shadow It is an example of of a world, a Babylon, if you will, that we are living in now. And I believe God sets up these four men to live a way that we can live today and shine in this dark world and shine in our own Babylon that we experience today. So, in Daniel chapter 1, I'm just going to highlight it, but I would encourage you to go back and read this. Daniel is now in service to the king, and he is— He is now having to serve the king and take care of all of his needs. And so as part of that, he wants to be, uh, the king wants him educated, read, learn, and speak the language of Babylon. And then on top of that, to eat their food and to do everything like a Babylonian. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of places in our world today that would say you have to do this, act like this, and be like this to be accepted, to not make waves, to be a part of this society. Daniel absolutely could have looked at the situation and said, "Uh, okay, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you say. But instead it says that Daniel stood up and he said, no, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to stand on the word of God and I'm going to eat just vegetables, fruits, and I'm going to only drink water. That's where we get this idea of the Daniel fast, and the Bible says that he grew in strength as if he was eating all of the other food. God supernaturally uh, gave him strength and resilience and grace in this oppressive season. He He took a stand and was willing to look the King Nebuchadnezzar in the face and say, I'm not doing it your way. I'm not doing it your way. So today, I feel like there is a way that we can look at this and extrapolate it into our own lives. And so over this message, I'm going to give us three ways that we can then shine in Babylon. This is the first one, looking at this. One is, I want you to choose who you will serve. Make the choice. Daniel, with everything that has happened to him up to this point, had a fork in the road moment. Do I just kind of settle in or do I choose to keep honoring God? Do it his way. He, he came to a, a fork in the road moment and he was forced to choose who he would serve. This is not the first time that we see this. All the way back at the establishment of Israel uh, Back in the book of Joshua As Joshua is establishing Israel In the promised land He gives this prophetic declaration This uh, statement to all of Israel And it echoes for generations to Daniel And it echoes to us today This says, Joshua In Joshua 24, 14 and 15 It says Now, the fear, of the, uh, now fear the Lord And serve Him with all faithfulness Throw away the gods of your ancestors you worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable, you, undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was commissioning Israel, saying, listen, you have to choose. God is not going to force feed. He's not going to spoon feed you. You have to come to the choice as a man or woman of God and say, will you do it his way or your way? And we are here forced with the same choice. Will we take it on the world's identity or God's identity? But it doesn't happen on accident. A generation of Israelites in this time of Daniel, the people he loved, his uh, network, his family, the people around him were being raised in fearful obedience to a pagan king. And that disobedience to God and obedience to King Nebuchadnezzar has a trickle-down effect. To the point where they were seeing people give their heart away and God's heart was burdened. His heart was breaking because he just wants them to get it. But Daniel and his friends chose that they would serve God despite the circumstances around him. I want to commission you, uh, parents, college grads, high school grads, and everyone in the room, that God will never force you to choose him. His love is always present, and salvation, the Bible says, is a gift freely given that we have to receive by faith. You don't just trip into a committed walk with the Lord. There is at one point or another, you chose to step over the line and get in the game. So wherever you find yourself this morning, if you find yourself in moments of compromise and you don't really know uh, where you're at with the Lord, or if you would say, I don't know if my co-workers even know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if my classmates even know if I'm a Christian. I would encourage you to to, uh, seek the Lord and ask God, God, give me the boldness of Daniel. That I would choose for this day who I will serve. So number one, how do we shine in Babylon? We choose who we will serve. As we keep going, I want to zoom out a little bit further and look at the next, uh, an- another point. Again, Daniel was setting himself apart in a world that was, the Bible, literally in Revelation 13, it talks about the uh, John tells us that Babylon is the type and shadow Or the equivalent of the worst society that they could imagine And so you have to understand how awful this place is But at the same time, God was not asking them to fight back And was not asking them for sure to succumb to it He actually gives a prophetic word through Jeremiah the prophet at this time to say how you can combat and be a shining light in Babylon. It's so interesting because it feels countercultural. It almost feels like it's not, it's definitely not the way I would do it. It definitely doesn't feel real productive, but when God is in control and he does it his way, it is the best way it could ever be done. Jeremiah 29 actually talks about this situation of Daniel and uh, the Israelites in exile. Jeremiah 29, 4-7 says this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and daughters—and uh, give your daughters in marriage so they will have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is kind of interesting. God is saying, I want you to get in and I want you to establish your home. There's a power about establishing the home. The family unit has a lot of power in God's kingdom. And when your home is established, there is a consistency that comes uh, that God can use other than when there's turmoil and strife and stress. And so when he's saying this, what he's saying is my point number two of how we shine in Babylon, and that is to establish a life that honors God and steward what he gives you. Here's what I mean by that. When you walk this life out, it's so easy to get tossed to and fro by the shifting sands of culture. Every new idea, every new fad in how to parent, how to be a student, how to be a grandparent, how to, there's so many shifting sands that we often start to let the Bible drift into the background and we try and chase the new fad. What God is saying here is that I want you to establish your home. Moms, dads, love your children. Train them up in the way that they should go, that they won't depart from it. Give them the word of God that they would have firm foundation for their life when the culture pushes on them. God is encouraging you to build your home. And then when he blesses you, when he gives you things, to steward it and give it back to him. The best thing you could ever do is model for your children and your grandchildren a life that is built and in service to God. No amount of monetary success, corporate success, um, acquisition of things will ever prove to your kid that God is good. It's not in those things. Those things are side benefits at, of a life well lived. But When you give a life in total service to God, that is what inspires a child. That is what trains up a child in the way that they should go. Our focus has to be establishing a home, a life that is in service to God, and then stewarding those things and giving it back to Him. When we do those things, we shine in a Babylon that is around us. And this isn't just an Old Testament idea This is actually also a New Testament idea First Peter chapter 2 This is New Covenant Establishing the same idea It says this uh, First Peter 2, 11-17 It says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners And exiles Isn't it interesting he's using similar language But in New Testament time I encourage you to abstain from sinful desires Which wage war against your soul Live such good lives among the pagans That though they accuse you of doing every wrong They may see your good deeds And glorify God in the day he visits us Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake To every human authority Whether to the emperor or to the supreme authority Or to governors uh, who um, Who are sent by him To punish those who do wrong And command those who do right For it is God's will that by doing good You should silence the ignorant talk Of foolish people Live as free people, but do not use your freedom to cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. Our life is the greatest testimony you will ever preach more than anything that will come out of this microphone, more than anything you will post on Facebook, more than anything that you will ever do in terms of church and services, the life you live day in and day out for your children, for your grandchildren, for your co-workers, for the people around you, your community, that life is a stronger testimony and is actually the way God intended it to be. It's stronger than anything you will ever say. So, I want to encourage you to walk that out. God wants to use our lives as testimonies, not just the moments you have a little bit of influence. He wants to use your day to day. So when I say establish a home and steward the things he's God, that God has given you, I'm saying live this out. After you've made the choice, live it out day by day. But looking ahead to Daniel chapter 3, I want to get really honest. Life can get hard trials come. The world does not promise us sunshine and rainbows. The word of God actually tells us that we will face trials of many kinds, but to consider it pure joy. We're not promised easy. We are promised Him with us. And so, what we have to do now is look at Daniel chapter 3 and see what happens when this choice of following God takes us to the very end of ourselves. I don't know if any of you in this room have ever been at that point. I haven't. But I want to know that if I ever was, what would come out? We have this story of Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's this commission that has gone out to the entire nation of Babylon where they have to bow down to a massive golden idol made in the image of the king. And they are told when the trumpets sound, everybody bow down and worship. And if you don't, your life will be taken from you. You will be cast into a fiery furnace. Talk about fear. Talk about scary. I mean, we, that is almost uncomprehendable to the world we live in today, where we have freedoms, where we can gather here today, we can worship God. But in this moment, faith had to get real. You know, when pressure's on, it, that's when you uh, get revealed what is inside I want to be a part of a church that when the pressure is on the tightest, it is kingdom, it is God's heart, and it is faith beyond faith beyond faith is what comes out when the pressure's on. I don't want to be like the Israelites that caved and gave in and started worshiping those gods. I don't want to be the ones, because it wasn't just Babylonians that bowed down. There were other Israelites who bowed. I don't want to run with the church like that. I want to run with those who would be willing to stand and be a part of a standing in the face of a culture pushing against us and say, no, I'm doing it God's way. So, upon their civil disobedience to the king's order, they are arrested, detained, and brought before the king and his advisors. And they say, they basically give him a chance to give him an out. And they don't take it. And we get this incredibly powerful passage in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. It says, if we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. What incredible faith. Right there in the, he's looking at the most powerful man in the world. And he knows who's more powerful. Our God will deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want, to know you, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image you've set up. What spiritual guts. They walked right up and they stood in the face of the king using respectful language. And they still said, your majesty, I just can't do that. Hands bound, ankles bound, the, fu- the furnace is being filled with coal. They are firing that thing up. They said it got so hot that the, the soldier who was prepping it was burned and killed because that furnace got so hot. They're looking at that furnace, looking the king in the eye, and they say, can't do it. What incredible faith. So this is the takeaway I feel like we can look at this, is that how do we shine in Babylon. We lean entirely on God and his faithfulness, no matter the circumstances. We lean entirely on God. The, the story continues, Daniel chapter 3, verse 25. This is the king, after the men have been thrown into the fiery furnace, and they get this response from the king. Says, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the God's. This is what we sang about earlier today, that even in the midst of what should be their demise, their death, God was right there with them, and He shines brighter than anything that the king has ever seen. He says He looks like a God. It's because He was. He's the living, active, ever-present, ever-faithful, with-us-God. And He was with them in that fiery furnace, and upon that act of faith, the king knew who he had to serve. The king knew he was defeated. King Nebuchadnezzar couldn't even comprehend what was happening because what he saw didn't make sense. At that point, he exerted all authority. But in that moment, he looked into a furnace and saw a heavenly authority, one he could not even fathom. That is the God we serve today. So when we choose who we are going to serve, when we establish a life and steward our life in service to God, and then we lean on Him with all faith, what does that mean for us? Is that means that God is going to use your life for radical kingdom impact. God is going to use your life. A life of obedience is one that God can use. And when we get used by God, you have no idea what level of impact that could be. So as I wrap this up here, I want to give you this thought. The book of Daniel is a prophetic picture for all future generations. The reality is that humans without God are capable of unending depravity. We see it all throughout history. It's nothing new to us, it's just a new version of it. But God promises to be with us in the face of that depravity. He shields us and makes us light in the darkness, and then He helps us confront that depravity with His timing and His justice. God does it His way, and when we surrender to that, that's when we see victory. We will not always understand the how or the why. Our job is to lean in with complete and utter faith. Living in the holy fear of the Lord and His kingdom, it is to be in service to Him and not in fear of man. For what can man do to me? Because we serve an ever-present living God. What can man do to me? So how do we shine in Babylon? You heard these three points, but let me sum it all up in one quick statement. That your stance in the face of Babylon, it may never be a furnace, a lion's den, or the threat of death. But it is the daily decision on where your heart and your worship will go. I'm asking you today, high school graduates, college graduates, parents, grandparents, people of CCC and the church at large, will you choose this day whom you will serve? Is it the God of the world or Yahweh God who loves you and knit you together in your mother's womb, who loves you and has a call on your life? Will you follow him with your whole heart? That's my commission to you. Take it to your college campuses. Take it to your workplace. And let's see Babylon pushed back by the light of God in the world. Amen? Amen? Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you for your word. It's always living and active, and when we read it, we can take away these lessons, these takeaways to walk this out in our life today. Lord, I pray a blessing over our church that you would spur us on into uh, a place of boldness and a place of excitement for you, God, that we would live with radical passion to see the kingdom expanded in the world. Lord, I pray that uh, our hearts would be on fire for you and that in the face of every adversity, we would rest assured that you are there. We love you, Lord, and we put our whole faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. With this thought in mind, Uh, I want us to take some time now, we're going to honor our high school graduates. And as a part of this, I believe that the Lord is not just going to use this time as a time of uh, honor, but as a time of commissioning into this new phase of life for these high school graduates. So why don't we celebrate them as they come? The first one of our uh, high school graduates is Caleb Barron. Can we give it up for Caleb? Caleb graduated from Troy Athens High School. He played lacrosse and was on the bowling team as well as involved in band. Congrats, bro. Thanks. Awards. Uh, he was on the honor roll and was a scholar athlete. Melissa, do you want to come on up? I'm sorry. Uh, Melissa is also our, uh, one of our life group leaders for our seniors. I want to invite her up with my wife, Darlene. She's here too. Can we get up for Melissa. I appreciate it. Melissa was literally on a flight this morning from Florida, but she's like, I'm not missing this. I'm going to get there. I'm coming right from the airport. And she did. All right. Um, So, Caleb was also involved in the youth ministry. And then in the fall, he will be attending Central Michigan University to study business. Caleb Barron, congratulations, buddy. Our next student, he's actually in Greece right now as a part of a senior trip, but it's David Mark Beatty. David graduated from Bloomfield Christian School. While in school, he played soccer, basketball, baseball, tennis, and swim. He was a state champion in swimming, a national qualifier, and was a tennis finalist. In the fall, he will be taking his talents to Indiana Wesleyan on a swimming scholarship and will be studying business. Let's give it up for David. Our next graduate is Isabella Burnaby. (laughs) Isabella graduated from the Utica Academy for International Studies. While in high school, she was in marching band, drumline section leader, percussion ensemble, and was the lead pianist in two musicals. She was a valedictorian, IB full diploma candidate, seal of global language award, national honor society, uh, got the Tri-M Music Honor Society. The UCS Academic Scholar Award and was given a financial scholarship to Oral Roberts University. She served as a nursery volunteer, VBS volunteer, was a part of our C3SM and church wide worship team, and was on the trip to Haiti back in, some, in the summer of 2022. She will be uh, going to Oral Roberts University to study music therapy in the fall. All right. Next, we have Caleb Gosk, the big man. (laughs) Caleb is from Stevenson High School and the Center for Science and Industry. While in high school, he played baseball and was on the NHS. Congrats, bro. Uh, He was a valedictorian, an academic scholar, and was uh, awarded a varsity letter in baseball. He was uh, actively involved in our youth ministry, and in the fall he will be attending Cedarville University to major in electrical engineering. Let's give it up for Caleb. Next we have Miss Mara Harrison. Mara is from Utica High School, and while she was in high school, she was a part of National Honor Society, and she received all A's for four straight years in high school. Mara just recently joined our youth group. Uh, She was baptized this past uh, April following her getting saved at our Easter service. And so this fall she'll be uh, attending Macomb Community College with a major in psychology. Very proud of you, Mara. All right, next we have Miss Audrey Hosmer. Let's give it up for Audrey. Audrey is from Parkway Christian School. While she was in school, she was a part of National Honor Society, Class Treasurer Athletic Advisory Council, Varsity Volleyball, Sideline Cheer Track, and was on the Advanced Art Internship. She was on the principal's list all eight semesters of high school, graduating summa cum laude as a top three finalist in her class, was the WXYZ Channel 7 Brightest Brightest and Best Graduate, was on the American Red Cross Honors recipient as well. She was a part of C3SM as well as our kids' ministry. And then in the fall, she'll be attending Baylor University, and she's accepted into the honors program and will be studying biology as a part of the pre-med track. Let's give it up for Audrey. Next, we have Miss Miata Keller. Come on down. Miata attended the Troy Intersect School. And then she was an active participant in C3SM. She's a volunteer in the nursery and was baptized this past April in our baptism service. Very proud of you, yeah. Mia. In the fall, she's gonna be attending Rochester University to study ministry and theology. Our next graduate is also in Greece on a senior trip with David. Uh, it's Caitlin Otto. Caitlin Otto, she graduated from Bloomfield Christian School. While she was in high school, she, she reported this, this is her, her words, played literally every sport offered at her school. <laughs> and she was also on the student council. Kate, Caitlin is one of the best athletes I've ever seen. When, when we went to one-way camp, she would just beast mode on all the boys. She's awesome. <laughs> She was on uh, the leadership award in uh, her high school sports teams and uh, was a part of the Adrian Trustee Award for Academic Distinction. She was involved at C3SM, went on the Haiti missions trip with Kingdom Kids a few years ago, and this fall will be playing varsity basketball for Adrian College and studying athletic training. Caitlin Otto. We have a few more. Ms. Draga Stojkovic, come on down. Draga graduated from Stevenson High School. While she was in high school, she was an active member of Stevenson's Christian Club. She was uh, uh, awarded—she received a 3.7 GPA, was Student of the Month for the month of February this year, and was an Academic Scholar Award winner. She was involved in C3SM, Inside Out Kids Ministry, and would help with tech with us. She was also baptized this past April in our baptism service. Draga will be attending Oakland University to study communications this fall. Next, we have Michael Susan. Come on down. I feel like I've known Michael from his birth. It's so good to see you here, buddy. So Michael went to Fraser High School. He was a part of the soccer and track team where he basically demolished everybody. He was so good. Uh, In his awards, uh, he was all district twice, all conference three times, a district champion and a track state qualifier. He was involved on our worship team as well as our outdoor grounds crew. So he took care of everything outside. It was great. In the fall, he will also be attending Oral Roberts University to study business and entrepreneurship while pursuing a career in soccer. Michael Susan. And last but certainly not least, Jordan Vessio. Come on down. Jordan graduated from uh, Parkway Christian School. While she was there, she was a part of uh, competitive figure skating, cheerleading, and National Honor Society. She was a national senior-level figure skater and was uh, a a leading uh, contributor to NHS. She was a part of the Inside Out Kids ministry here, and then in the fall, she will be attending Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona to study psychology. CCC Church family, I present to you the 2023 graduating class from our church. At this time, please remain standing here for just a moment. Let's pray over these graduates. PC, PT, Pastor Therese, do you guys want to come back up and pray with me? At this time, church, would you mind extending your arms towards this uh, group as we send them out into their colleges and into the world? We want to cover them and bless them. PT, you want to pray? Go ahead.
0: Father, once again, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you, Lord, for your favor, your provision. We acknowledge that every good thing we have comes from you. And Lord, we know that you have a divine call upon each one of these students, each one of these graduates, Lord. We thank you for them. We thank you for their families. We know that there has been a good amount of prayer, effort, work that has gone into each one of these students, Lord, and we just lift them to you. We thank you for proving yourself to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we know, Lord, that you have a good plan for each one of these grads. And as Pastor Tyler encouraged us today, as he exhorted every one of us, we pray that each one of these students would choose God first, regardless of the contrary opinions in their world and in their culture and society, that they would choose you. And then, Lord, that they would establish a life that honors you, that they would be all about worshiping you, honoring your word, and living for you. And then, Lord, that they would also lean in entirely to what you have for them. We thank you for their goals. We thank you for their dreams. We're asking you, Lord, to lead them and guide them. Give them the ability to trust you. Even as Solomon said a long time ago, that we can trust you with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge you. And you will direct our path. Direct each one of these paths, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: At this time, we're going to be uh, dismissing our service, but thank you so much for joining us. I'd encourage you, continue to pray for our next generation students, our graduates, incoming classes, and all of our children, because we need your prayer as we see God continue to move in this generation. Have an amazing Sunday. God bless you all, and drive safe. We'll see you guys next week.